Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you from Beyond Beckdale, the podcast about film, festiveness and feminism. It's me, your regular host, Contrera. For our last episode of the year, we decided to focus on the world of Christmas movies. Firstly, Nick and I talk about the different types of Christmas movie and which are our favourites. And then we get into a hot debate, or should I say a cold debate, about whether certain films can ever be Christmas movies. We discuss the Bechdel test in relation to these type of films and it's not all good news I'm afraid and then we talk about the most successful films of the year in terms of their box office returns and what we really liked what we didn't like and what we're looking forward to in 2019 but before that hopefully a little treat for you we'd like to give you a Christmas quiz I have made a montage of eight pieces of music that all come from Christmas movies. I will play the eight tunes twice and you need to name the name of the song, the name of the composer, the person singing it, if relevant, and the film that it comes from. So, eight films, eight songs. Enjoy. I don't want a lot for Christmas There's just one thing I need I don't care about the presents And I have a bag of crazy toys To get the corners up the toilets and boys so day Santa comes on me Here they come again. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents. And I have a bag of crazy toys To get the corners up the toilets and boys so day Santa comes on me
I will give you the answers at the end of the podcast. Now for my conversation with Nick. Before you listen, I wanted to make a couple of corrections. Um, Nick and I get into debates about a few things in this. Um, The first thing is we talk about Love Actually and uh, we have a debate about the characters played by Martin Freeman and Joanna Page. Nick says that they are in an educational movie, which is strange, and I thought they were porn stars and I discovered that they're actually body doubles uh for film stars who film sex scenes for film stars anyway so now you know when we get to that part what that means and um we also had a discussion about alien and aliens which sounds very Christmassy, I can imagine. Um, and I wanted to talk about Private Vasquez. Uh, the actress that plays her is Jeanette Goldstein in Aliens. And um, there are a number of times that the film passes the Bechdel test, uh, including when she speaks to Ripley and also when Ripley speaks to the character Newt. Um, and I just wanted to make that correction. And finally, uh, I didn't mention at all Annihilation, which was one of my favourite films of the year with four lead roles for women. Um, absolutely amazing film with Tessa Thompson, Natalie Portman, Gina Rodriguez, Tuva Novotny. Um, wonderful film and um, I recommend everybody should see it if you haven't already. And now finally for my conversation and review of the year with Nick. Thanks. Any Christmas music? This is Christmas music. For this Christmas episode, I thought the first thing we should talk about is Christmas films. Um, do you like Christmas movies? Yeah, I do. I do. I love Christmas movies. Uh, certain Christmas movies, anyway. Um, what Christmas movies? What do you mean by certain Christmas movies? Um, I think Christmas movies that really do capture the spirit of Christmas. Yes. Um, I think there's some films that are classified as Christmas movies, which I think take place in and around Christmas, but that's about as much of their association to Christmas goes. Well, it's funny you should say that. I was looking into this and I was trying to categorise Christmas movies and this is what I've come up with. So you have traditional and within that category falls White Christmas, Meet Me in St. Louis, It's a Wonderful Life, Santa Claus the Movie, and maybe the Santa Claus. Was that Santa kind Claus of... the Movie, oh my God. Yeah. Yes, I remember it. Remember Santa Claus I the do. Movie? Yeah. And then, Dudley Moore. Yeah. And then um, next I have, as my next category, Funny, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, or whatever it's called, Elf, Home Alone, uh, Scrooged. So these are set at Christmas. They're very much about Christmas, but the idea is to make you laugh. Yeah, yeah, okay. Then next I have Romantic, uh, The Holiday, Love Actually, all of these Netflix Christmas films that are now out, like The Christmas Prince, is like a huge business model now of terrible Hallmark movies. Uh, the Family Stone, which is a f- film I really like, which we'll talk about. I think I've seen, have it. seen it. Maybe I can't remember yeah. exactly. But Sarah on. Jessica Parker. Uh, her Sex in Sex in the City. Diane Keaton. Vaguely, I, I mean, Rachel I, I, McAdams. I might have seen okay. it, but I didn't really recall it. Sorry. So they're romantic mm. and they're more female focused, probably, and female heterosexually focused, and they're about a man and woman falling in love, and something happens at Christmas. Right, okay. But but very much Christmas is the key event or, you know, what brings everyone together because there are so lots the, of films that have Christmas scenes. So that's the feel-good spirit of Christmas brings them together. Ro- romance, but it's very much about love. But they wouldn't have got together were it not for it being Christmas. 
Basically, yes. Okay. Right. Um, and then animated in children, The Nightmare Before Christmas, The Grinch, Muppet Christmas Carol. And like this is when it was a bit difficult for me because Santa Claus the movie and Home Alone kind of fit into this as well. They're not animated, but as family movies. But I think there is a, there, there is a difference between um, an animated Christmas movie and a for-children Christmas movie. Because right. I think an animated Christmas movie can still be for adults to some extent. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, well I'm, I'm not saying this is an exact science, but I just thought that um, Christmas is very much marketed for children and Christmas yeah, films are yeah. made accordingly. Like, for example, even Muppet Christmas Carol, that's really that's for adults, really. <laughs> so, I've never seen any opinion. of those Muppet films. But I know, <gasps> You've never seen Christmas Carol? No, I've, I've a friend of mine swears by Muppets Take Manhattan, though. She thinks that's, it's like the, yeah. one of the best films she'd ever seen. But anyway. that, that's a really good one. But this one, the Kermit, I think, is Bob Cratchit, and he has a tiny Tim, tiny Kermit Tim son. Who's who plays that? It's just a tiny. It's Kermit. also a tiny Kermit, if oh. I remember rightly. They didn't, give, they didn't give it to one of the other Muppet characters. And uh, no, no, because because he's married to Miss Biggie, right. and so they have to have some pig, so, uh, some frog. I'm going to guess. Babies. I've got to guess here. Yeah. Scrooge is played by. You must know Gonzo. This. No, 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 no. He's he's a because the thing about Muppet movies is that they have real life actors mingling with the Muppets. So Scrooge is Michael Caine. Oh. Yeah, so he's a big star. What's Gonzo? Oh, so, you know, we're getting off topic. Yeah, here. maybe Gonzo. Gonzo's in it. He must be one of the ghosts. Um, <laughs> and then my last category, Tenuous, which is those films that are set at Christmas or set in some snowy part and um, are therefore de- deemed a Christmas movie. Yeah, this, these, these yeah. are the ones that I do that I do not categorise as Christmas movies. Right. I say. Well, let's let's go with the definitive question. Mm-hmm. I, I read. I saw a tweet on Twitter, and it was so funny because the guy who was writing it, I don't know who it was. It was forwarded on, so I didn't. I didn't know it wasn't someone I follow. And he said, "Let's answer this question for once and for all." And I was like, "Yeah, mate, <laughs> if we're going to answer this question." Every year yeah. until the end of eternity. So well done for trying to make it the final question. And the question was, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? No, it's not a Christmas. Okay, that's a good example. Like, Die Hard's a great film. I mean, we all love it. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. But, you know, the fact is it takes place on Christmas Eve in Los Angeles, which looks fairly warm and, and not particularly <laughs> snowy, quite frankly. Mm. Um, it has a Santa hat on. Yeah, and he kills someone and says something like, now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Yeah, he puts but, that on but the But dummy. that, yeah, I, I, mm. I don't know, Christmas movie? You could have said it on yeah. July the 4th and called it an Independence Day movie, couldn't you? Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. If you moved it to some other uh, season mm. or seasonal event, would that would the movie still hold up? And I think it probably well, yeah, would. Yeah, because it's got very little... Yeah. It's, it's linked to Christmas yeah. on the virtue of the fact that it's on that mm. day. That That's it. Okay, and I've, I've got two more that yeah. I think are tenuous Christmas movies. Go on. Gremlins? Yes, but but I think there's a bit more of a Christmas theme okay. to it. Okay, Because um, he does get the Mogwai for Christmas. Yeah. And then there's the whole thing with it's very snowy and... Oh, so you're going s- against... Your, so you're saying it is... A, you're saying this is now... But what is it? It's not a family movie. It's still for adults. It's not a traditional movie. Funny? Okay. It's, it's funny? It's definitely not sort of in the in the strict sort of Santa Claus okay. sense, obviously, but um, but but you would call Gremlins a Christmas movie. I would movie put it because that's crazy. Oh, it's a scale, isn't it? Really? <laughs> uh, it's it's closer to Christmas than Die Hard is. I'd say that. Okay, one more for you. Trading places. Christmas bit. Why? Because he wears a Santa it's outfit a with a winter. 
<laughs> Set in winter, they've got big coats. Dan Aykroyd wears a Santa outfit and h- hides a fish in his beard at some point. I think it came point. out at Christmas, wasn't it? A Christmas well, it movie? Might, it might well have done, but then if yeah. you're gonna, if that's your sort of means of categorising Christmas mm-hmm. movies, then there's a whole bunch of films that have got nothing to do with Christmas, just happened to be released in December. Does that make Solo a Christmas movie? Or was, it, was that even released in Christmas? I'm not sure no, it, it was. wasn't released in Christmas. Uh, well, all the other <laughs> Star Wars films were. Does it make were, The Force Awakens yeah, and The Last Force Jedi Awakens. a Christmas Yeah, movie. very Christmassy. Yes. But that, that's, uh, you raise a good point there because that's where I think Christmas movies have come now. They've now gotten to the point where the, the, there are the Netflix specials, which are for your diehard, if you will, Christmas fans who just want something that's a man meeting a woman and mm. kissing under the mistletoe, or, you know, like Mills and Boone on screen. Um, so you have that and people can go to Netflix and they can do that anytime they want then you have your uh, old films that come out every year like you know they always put It's Wonderful Life on TV uh, Terrestrial TV uh, Elf uh, and you can do all the you know sing along of things and and that kind of thing and and Love Actually and then now you have what's going to make a lot of money that's a franchise movie or a huge for example this year like coming out right now i think well i actually think it's out on general release in a couple of weeks so maybe over christmas is mary poppins returns the new mary poppins Mm. film which is not a christmas movie and i have no idea if it even has any christmas scenes in it because that's because disney want it is disney isn't it uh well the original was yeah so i'm sure it's them um well, Disney want you to go and see a good film okay. at Christmas. Okay, so as, as I understand box office, uh, the two big times to, to get your movies out are, number one, it would be summer, but number two August. probably would be Christmas. Yeah. Um, people do actually go and see a lot of films. So I think something like Mary Poppins probably fits more with, into the Christmas release pattern than it does into the summer release pattern. Absolutely, but it's not a Christmas film. No, I wouldn't and have said so. And neither is The Last Jedi, and neither so. is The Force Awakens. I think, oh, let me throw one out at you, okay, yeah. on the same category. Yeah. Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <gasps> That's hard because um, half that film is set in a world that's... Well, are you going to go into your, well, your comments San- on San- Santa? Santa? Santa is in that movie, <laughs> even though it makes no sense because they could have no concept of Christianity in Narnia <laughs> anyway, but whatever. C.S. Yeah. Lewis so went off on one there. is why is Santa well, in a does Christian that, Does that make it a movie? Christmas movie? Does, yes. it, does Santa's presence make it a Christmas movie? Well, no, hang on. Well, well, to some people it might, but I would say... Like, it's a snowy, festive world in a traditional Christian sense. Hang on a minute. And remember, there's a Christ Hang in on. Christmas. It's a, <laughs> it's a freezing world bewitched by uh, a spell that once it breaks, the world thaws. Yeah. Okay. This might be the one that splits the atom. Well, I don't know. What is the line, the witch and the wardrobe? Yeah. I don't know when that film came out. I expect it came out at Christmas. Uh, I'd have to have a look at it. Quite a big blockbuster, really. I don't. Mm. I have no idea to tell you the truth. Mm. Uh, I would put that in. I would put that in traditional, but you would. But mm. maybe it's tenuous. I think every film, my amazing category that it didn't take me <laughs> only five minutes <laughs> to work out. Do Do you agree? Have I missed any possible categories? No, I, I'm traditional, not sh- funny, romantic, animated, and children. Th- tenuous. There's 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 sort of a difference to me between uh or there's a crossover there because mm-hmm. I, I i sort of i i kind of band home alone and elf and scrooged all kind of together to a certain extent and i'm, I'm calling sure. them christmas comedy yeah so i'm still saying christmas is an important part yeah but that the the those films are supposed to make you laugh yeah um at christmas but they, they have a they have a a 
definite Christmas themed. Well, cer- yes. certainly Scrooge and Elf do. I don't. Yes. I don't know. About oh, I think Home Alone does because they're apparently uh, all going away for Christmas. Yeah, that's what they're doing I mean, it is. Christmas. It is a Christmas it's movie. Got walking around the, the, the soundtrack is incredibly. Yeah, Christmas look, it is. Focused. It is a Christmas movie. Home Alone. I mean, I, I think yeah. no one would argue with that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but as opposed to Elf and Scrooge, which are based around the sort of law of Christmas more than anything else. Well, I'm still adding it in. Yeah, I'm yeah. still adding it in because I think it's Christmas plus sense of humour. Yeah. Well, it is. I yeah. Mean, Good film as well. Um, anything else? We haven't talked about Frozen. So that has a snowman, but it's got really nothing to do with Christmas. It goes along your Narnia route, doesn't it? Well, if a film's got snow in it, does that make it Christmassy? So, a snow and a sna- talking snowman? But Fargo. <laughs> Can we stay on topic, please? Wait, for, when did Frozen come out? Christmas? It's a huge I don't know. Movie. Um, it, uh, okay, if I was winter, if I, if I was in if I was in, in charge August. of Disney's release mm. dates, I would be going for Frozen um, to come out at winter for obvious yes. reasons. I, I don't know. I put it in the Disney animation canon. Nothing more than that. I'm not sure. I say Christmas movie. Okay, it? all right. Which is a shame. A, any more than I would put Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin in there as a Christmas movie. I'm not quite sure I'd see the difference. I do. Well, they're not, they're but, not uh, set the, in a snowy world with a fucking snowman. Uh, yeah, but if that's it, any any Disney film that has snow in it therefore becomes... The Polar Express. Is, Bam, is Bambi a, a Christmas it film? It only has snow for... All right, has snow for the majority <laughs> of the film. There yeah. you go. I'll give you a... Like, it has to have a statistically strong Artistic, amount of snow. But then Fargo snowy. would probably still yeah. work. Okay, uh, has one snowman. Bambi just has snow. That's only one part of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, so that doesn't count. And Fargo is set in a place that's permanently snowy in Minnesota. I don't think it's permanently snowy, but it just happens to be centred in winter in Minnesota. All right, fine, right, fine. But no one's going to reasonably argue that Fargo is a Christmas movie. No. Um... Are there any films that you watch, you like to watch at Christmas? At Christmas. Um, well, I, I do actually like Love Actually. I, I actually oh, like I actually like Love God. Actually. Is this what we have to talk about on this episode? I was going to be all happy and festive. Well, it's Christmassy. It, it, I don't know. Okay, the, the, it may be it may be that I first saw that film at the cinema at Christmas. So, so did I. And, it and, was the and, worst day of my life. I see. Well, I was expecting to feel good, and I came out feeling bad. I came out. I went into it expecting to feel good, and came out feeling better. Oh my god! Right. Okay. All right then. <laughs> I don't want to go into too much detail as as in how much I hate it, but however, this is a podcast <laughs> called Beyond Bechdel, and yeah. I just want to throw out a few things here. Okay. So it has multiple male characters who get together with younger female characters who work for them. Uh, well, Alan Rickman sort of hits his on his secretary, PA. or his secretary hits no, on him. No, he's doing. He's hitting her. He's hitting well, her. sorry, in a sexual sense, he's not. He's not bashing <laughs> he's her. Beating the Christmas out of her, I can tell you that. Uh, what about Liam Neeson? He's hitting it, is what. I'm Liam Neeson doesn't. His wife's died, hasn't he? No, Liam Neeson. No, um, Claudia Schiffer is not working Colin, for him. Colin Firth. Yes, she's working for him. She is working for him. Yes, she's his maid, and he can't even be bothered to learn any rudimentary Portuguese Can't even, speak, the very can't even end. communicate other than through the language of love. Whatever. Actually, the love of the language of subordination. Mm. Um, and there's one more. Oh, the prime minister. Hugh Grant and Martine McCutcheon. Yeah. She very much is working for him that, in a very That was the one storyline that I was a bit not sure about that. But anyway. Okay. Um, so, um, 
it, it, the reason why I didn't like it, and this is not necessarily Bechdel related, is that I really did believe it was going to be a, a happy film in the sense of the holiday and the Christmas Prince and all these ones where they promise you everything wrapped up in a, in a bow. Now, if you want to say, yes, it's a more nuanced explanation of the different kinds of love, that's fine. Don't set it at Christmas. Like, it's so depressing in parts. The Emma Thompson, <laughs> Alan Rickman story broke my heart. Uh, and, like, the Chris Marshall going and shagging him. all the she, Americans. She forgave him, though. So we think. So we think. But not after she cried her little heart out. And it's just... I just, I just found it awful because she should really be punching him in the face and then going to get herself a hot man but she didn't because she was doing it for the kids and also because i'm sure she loved him and everything but i think it also broke my heart because it was alan rickman like apart from the sheriff of nottingham i like to think of him as a kind of goody oh, and, even um, snake and hans gruber so, oh yeah hans gruber <laughs> yeah bringing it back to die hard um I don't know. I just like him, but maybe, but maybe that's because they're pantomime baddies. I don't mind a pantomime. <laughs> so you, you might. I don't like him being a real person who's fucking up. Well, hang on a minute. In, in all the Harry Potter films, he was. <laughs> I just said at, Snape. At, at least portrayed yeah. as a bad. Well, guy. Snape's complicated. Let's not talk about that. But anyway, um, um, Harry Potter—they're not Christmas films. Yeah, they've got but a lot they of snow. come out at Christmas. They've got a lot of snow. Yeah, but do we think that? And, and I'd go to the cinema, I saw every single one of the The Wizarding cinema. World, much like yeah. the world of Narnia, has no appreciation yeah. of, of Christianity. Yeah. So, Talking uh, of another tweet, I um, wrote an article about um, us seeing Crimes of Grindelwald, and then um, yeah. I um, someone said they liked it. And I tweeted them saying, oh, we've got two episodes of the podcast on this. And they wrote back immediately going, that's too much time spent on Harry Potter for my liking. And I was like, oh, you're not even going to listen to it. Yeah. So I don't want to speak about Harry Potter anymore on this episode because apparently I've spoken about it enough. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Chris Marshall, when he goes to America, and it's like, oh, you're a Brit. And then just shags everybody. That's true. That's true. That happens. <laughs> so I have I, I can confirm. When you went to college. I spent years in America. That's exactly how <laughs> it goes British down. Accent. With your British accent. Yeah, hello, yes. ladies. Um, uh, I can't even think. Right, what, right. He, uh, here's another one that bugs me. Right. Uh, Kira Knightley, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Andrew Lincoln. So everyone goes thinks that's beautiful what he did. Right, one, he's a stalker. <laughs> who is two? Who is trying to get his best friend's girl? His best friend's girl. But does but he's not really trying, is he? Because ultimately, no, he does it in such a wet weekend way. But I mean, ultimately, he knows it's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, and then but she takes that very well yes no 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 that's the problem <laughs> so then she runs out to him gives him a quick kiss and she kind of indicates give it a few years yeah. this marriage it might be on yeah. it might be still on I got on. married at 19 yeah. it might still be on <laughs> this is going to go down. bide your time yeah. keep those those yeah. Bob Dylan cards with you and um, yeah. you know we'll see and how it goes you and me and, and I was like <laughs> Oh, cringe, cringe, cringe. Well, I don't know. I just thought no, I'm, I'm overall. You are not capable of ruining love, actually, for me. I just think it was a feel good movie. But, you it, really felt even, good, even with all of that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Did you like Rabsy Nesbitt bit and Bill Nye? Uh, that bit was quite sweet. Yeah, that was all right. It wasn't bad. I don't know. So what was the bit you liked? That, and, and do you know what? The bit with the PM and Martin McCutcheon is quite, is quite good. Hugh Grant is very good in right. that. Well, is it? Ooh, hang but on, then hang they on. say, "Oh, she's I'm a not... fat bird." There's a whole like dissing Martin McCutcheon because, oh my god, she's not an anorexic size six. <laughs> but if I do have a bit of an issue with that whole plot, that 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 one element of things, so I understand the plot. Um, 
Billy Bob Thornton comes over as American president. Oh, and he's very makes good. makes a bit of a pass at, at Martin McCutcheon, and he's just and then and, and thereafter dictates British foreign policy towards. <laughs> And all because of Martin <laughs> McCutcheon. Yeah. I'm just not sure that, that, that that's how it works in reality. Oh, right. Okay. So that's your problem with it. Well, it's the British political. Well, all I'm saying is if Donald Trump came over and made a pass at Theresa May, I cannot see it <laughs> having massive impact no, on British foreign policy. No, 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 no. Theresa May is sexy PA. Okay. It's not even Theresa okay. May. Okay. Who she fancies, presumably. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay one one nice. of them has to be gay. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's fine. But and, and thereafter, British foreign policy yeah. is determined by love. Uh, I, I found that a like little her, bit yeah. disbelievable. I did like how she was, and liked how her family was. And I think that um, that that was to me that was quite realistic of London family life, big London family life. Which one? Working class. Martin McCutcheon when he goes down to have yeah, her that's fine. There's the girl uh, dressed as it was a girl or boy dressed as the well. There, okay, so if I do have an issue with it, but it's not because yeah. it doesn't doesn't sort of uh, make it a less Christmassy for me. Yeah. Uh, if I do have a slight issue with it, is it was it, I believe it's written by uh, Richard Curtis. It is. I'm not a big fan of that whole Richard Curtis, Helen Fielding, middle class, <laughs> upper middle class London life that they all lead where they do their weekly shop at yes. Borough Market. Yeah. Uh, and that bugs me because I just think you guys are so out of touch with the reality of, of what it's actually like for most people. But hey, whatever. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to defend Love Actually and say it's not even close to being his worst film What's in his terms worst film? of that. I don't know, Notting Hill. That's really middle class. He was like, slamming it as far as Notting Hill was concerned. Yeah. He should have just called it South Kensington. <laughs> like most of his films are, are like that. Well, I would say at least you, you had a like a, a difference in class to some extent. And I would say as well, my favourite story, my favourite part of um, Love Actually is the two porn stars, which ordinarily should be the bit in a film which I hate the most. I don't think they were actual porn stars. I think they were making some educational film. No, they, they weren't. They were making... They were... Making a porn film. That wasn't. How a por- have you glossed over? Yes, Martin Freeman. But I thought that they were making some Stacey kind of funky educational porn film, but maybe not. What do you mean educational? Like for kids, where they say, this, "And this kids? is how you fillet, no, no. and this is sex, no, or whatever." They're making a porn film. I didn't film. I mean, no, they were actually making a porn film. Oh, I like film. to go into the cinema and look at a film in the way you do, where it's like they're making a kids' yeah. educational video. Which let's not go down that track too far. Um, I don't know. I, I dispute that it was an actual porn film, but there you are. Okay, fine. Well, I think it was. <laughs> and um, I like the chaste way they were then dating. They were very respectful to each other. They basically taught everyone else in the cast how to be, how to behave to one another. It was a very nice dating story, and they were very respectful of one another. Yeah. And that's quite... And obviously, that's the, you know, the irony and of that's the joke, the, and because that they're is shagging the, each other on Yeah, film. and that is the world of porn, according to Richard Curtis, <laughs> yes, which yeah. I'm sure it's exactly <laughs> yes. like that. Yes, yes, good point. Well, good, I'm making you hate it. Excellent. No, I didn't say I hated it. I Liam said, Neeson, I, I said, care. I said, I, there were certain plot yeah. lines I don't care for, and I don't care for the yeah. universe that he creates, but I still think it's a feel-good movie, which is what Christmas is all about. Okay, but I'm still going to disagree with you because I don't feel good watching it. Well, I can't help you there. Yeah. Or, or, or not watching, like, bits of it. There are bits that are good in it. I'm not going to completely diss it. I like to watch, and this is a film which I'm not sure this is a Christmas movie, but to me it's a Christmas movie, When Harry Met Sally. Because it's very much, set, there are parts set at Christmas. It goes over many years, but there are there's quite famous um, scenes where Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal, like, uh, Billy helps her get a 
tree, a Christmas tree up to her apartment. Yeah. And then when they're not talking to each other the following year, she has to drag it on her own and it's quite comedic and things like that. And then that ends at New Year's Eve. But for me, I think, I don't know if it's because it gets to, I've got it in my head now because it gets to Christmas and then New Year. But I feel like if I haven't watched it each year, then I haven't fulfilled the tradition and well, it's very much new york in the autumn and new york yeah, in the okay. winter but we're getting it's, into it's so this is nothing to do with it being about christmas because it's not really a christmas movie no, it, it no. has the odd scene that happens to be set no at christmas. it's tenuous i think you'll find if it's within my category <laughs> right. five tenuous. but you like to watch it at christmas yes okay but there is a connection because quite a fair amount of it is set at christmas and talks about you know what you do with your significant others at Christmas. Okay. But I but I am like, it is a tenuous film. Mm. I cannot make it a Christmas film. So I think that, you know, the moral of that story is that tenuous films are often what make you feel the most good at Christmas. So it's my favourite mm. category. And well, I like Die Hard. That's not tenuous. That's just non-existent. <gasps> my rules. Um, okay, anything else? So you want to see Love Actually? I want to see uh, The Man Met Sally. So quite like Scrooged, actually. Yeah. Um, sort of Bill Murray at his comedic best in some respects. Mm. Um, yeah, just a nice story, you know, quite funny. Yeah, he was very good at being a kind of in in that day this, this a, a likable kind of bad guy, but a good guy underneath. Well, a, his character is like there are some shades of Groundhog Day. Yeah, well, I there's. Think. I think he 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 was in danger of of sort of being typecast into that Saturday Night Live kind of mould in the same way that Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd were. And he, and arguably films like Scrooge and Groundhog Day are in that same mould, maybe. Um, this is before he, he got into all Lost in Translation and, and started actually yeah, doing indie films. Yeah, it was a lot, a lot earlier, um, yeah. But I, I do think it's one of one of those kind of Saturday Night Live films. It feels like it to me. Yeah. Um, and it's just funny. I like it. It's funny. Mm. You can sit, sit there, you can have a good laugh. Yeah. yeah. Um... I like watching It's a Wonderful Life. And again, it's very much seen as a Christmas movie, but there is half the film not set at Christmas. <laughs> there's, there's flipping half an hour. The first half an hour of the film, he's a kid. It's not even about George <laughs> yeah, as a, just goes as around a going, man. Just goes around asking for hot dogs, doesn't he? So he collects a lot of money. He does a lot of running around in paper bags. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I... Um, I think it's a. I do think it's a lovely film, and I was reading something the other day that said that it was a box office failure when it came out, and it's one of these films that has now become beloved. Uh, yeah, but it didn't do very well at all when it opened. What was that? The fifties? Forties, I believe. Mm. Um, don't know really. I, I, I couldn't say why, except mm. that I don't know. Frank Capra films are always a bit too. I don't know. <gasps> Uh, the, the, like Candy Sweet yeah they, they are a little bit yeah. there's a lot of them that are in that same sort of moral I think It's Wonderful that's probably his best film um, I never think it's too much though I, I don't because of like a lot of the other characters in the film um, I think you've got to look at someone like Jimmy Stewart for example who at the time was making films like uh, I don't know Rope and various westerns and various Hitchcock films and it, it's a bit simple you know <gasps> I think that it gives a very simple moral lesson, and I think it makes if it make because Christmas is a time of year when it can make you feel great, and it can also make you feel very isolated or alone more than other times of year because there are all these images being thrust at you about big family Christmas chestnuts roasting on an open fire kind of thing, mm. and I think that It's a Wonderful Life was probably made 
to some extent to counterbalance that. It is very much about a white man's crisis movie, white straight man, American man crisis movie, but, you know, fair enough. If you're going to have someone do that, Jimmy Stewart's your best, most sympathetic person. Well, he's likeable, isn't he? That's what you want yeah. from that role, just a, a guy that's likeable yeah. in there. Um, I don't want to remake it, but if you did, I literally just plopped into my mind you'd have Mark Ruffalo you'd have someone who's really <laughs> so lovable he's nothing like him I'm just saying I feel the same way about him as I do about Jimmy Stewart uh, don't know Brian Gosling he could, just, he could do it very very lovable. very quiet I like very him. quiet very quiet <laughs> I, I like him but I don't very think I don't think Ryan Gosling's lovable very, you could do like an android type Christmas <laughs> Blade Runner Christmas Blade Runner style Christmas yeah there's some snow in that mm. film isn't there at the end of Blade Runner of well, 2049. Pol- polluted, <laughs> polluted snow. I don't know. Nuclear fallout, <laughs> whatever the hell it was. <laughs> yeah, if there's ash on the ground, mm. we'll pretend that's snow. Yeah. If there's a radioactive deer, we'll pretend that's Rudolph. Yeah, I like it. Um, what do you... Do you think that Christmas movies are generally Beckdale passing or Beckdale test failing? Probably failing. Bing, 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 bing! There's not boy Nikki. All the main Christmas, okay. If, if you're going with sort of standard Christmas stories, like uh, you know, a Christmas Carol or The Grinch or whatever, all yeah. the all the main characters in these are generally male. Yes. So if you're going to go down that route, you're going to have a problem straight away. If you insist on Die Hard, well, that's an action film and is bound to have bound to fail it at some level. I would bet. Well, yes, but well, yeah. You're right, but when you say bound to, it kind of gets on my nerves because I just think that's because everyone thinks action is a male genre, whereas if you just populate... Like, Alien is a perfect example. I know that's kind of horror as well, but I'd say it's action. You just populate a couple more female characters in there and bingo, you suddenly get someone to say something about the plot to another woman and you've passed the test. That passed the Bechdel test? I think Alien does, yeah. Only two women, in it? So, yeah, but I think they talk to each other. And maybe they're talking about the bitch. I don't know. So, I can't remember, but I'm, I think it, it's I, think not, it does. I don't even know if there's a if it's male or female. I love I love that uh, bitch. Clues in the name. It's the That's mother. That's the second one. That's the second one. Oh. Maybe it passes because of the second one. Do you see what I mean? Like, it's like retconning. <laughs> Bullshit. Is it the... Well, well, what's, that, wait a minute. what's the name of the character? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The, 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 Sigourney the, Weaver talking yeah. to the alien and calling it a bitch. No, that no, does no, not no. count. No, no, no. That does count in Aliens, by the way. That for does, the Bechdel test. The, that is... Whoa, that's iffy. So, that's iffy. Well, I don't know if it does count, but like... No, what's the name of the character who's the... Which the, one? The strong girl. Ripley? No, the other girl. It, oh, in Aliens. Alien. Uh, alien. Oh, alien. Is it Aliens? Where's the... the where's the... Like the short-haired female. Uh, there's, there's like a yeah. There's a marine. Yes, in the her. I don't know. What oh, maybe it's was. aliens. I'd like to apologise. It's aliens. I don't know what her name passes. was. Uh, well, that says it all, doesn't it? But she did have a name, which is one of the parts of the test. Yeah, but I can't remember what any of their names were apart from so... Ripley. Um, yeah, good point. And Actually. Bishop, maybe. And but Bishop, that was it. yeah. And the bitch. Oh, or not the bitch. And the alien of <laughs> dubious genitalia. So, White Christmas passes, and that's because it's about two singing sisters who are played by Rosemary Clooney, who is George's aunt, and Vera Ellen. And so it's all about... Have you seen it? I'm guessing you haven't seen uh, Bing Crosby? I think I may have done a long time ago when yeah. I was a kid, but that's it. And that's and it's a, there's like a theatrical element to it, like they're musical singing sisters, so they talk about the business and things like that. And that, and that just shows you, you have two main characters, and suddenly... 
it becomes easier yeah. to pass the test. And then a couple of the Netflix ones, like The Christmas Prince, which was, did really well last year, they, they're modern and they seem to have cottoned on a bit better so they have girls talking to each other. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of what we would call traditional Christmas films fail miserably. Fail miserably. They fail their female uh, characters. Well, I don't know. Is it just the subject matter? Uh, oh, oh yeah, Christmas. That's just for men. No, but but like Santa Claus is a man. Um, yes. Jesus is a man. Not that that's necessarily... <laughs> most of the apostles are men. I don't know where I'm going with this. Noah uh, was a man. <laughs> yeah, but we're not talking about any Jesus films. We're talking about how the main star of these films is generally a man. And you're right. Like, you're right. Like, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Yeah. Like, he kills Father Christmas and then he has to become him. So... Fine, but all these people have a wife, but then they don't have anyone for the wife to talk to. Um, you know? So even Die Hard. To be honest might, with you, Die Santa Hard Claus has Santa Claus, has Santa Claus has one female character in it, really, and it's yeah. Tim Allen's ex-wife. Oh yeah, um, yeah. and that's so, it. So there's no chance, really. No, you could have Judge Reinhold. So and and Muppet Christmas Carol is obviously based on a Dickens novel. Elf, like... They're all males in, Dick- in like the Christmas Carol. poor old um, Zoe Deschanel in Elf, who looks virtually <laughs> unrecognisable with her blonde hair. Like, you know, Will Ferrell, in the, the guise of being an elf, can, like, walk in on her naked and, like, just be completely inappropriate. And that's the joke. Um, but because it's Will Ferrell, he can get away with it. And because he is an elf, and that's the rules of the film. But... That film is like doesn't pass the Bechdel test, obviously, and is not very nicely serving to female characters mm, within it. Yeah, okay. So yeah, Christmas, uh, Christmas is not a Bechdel passing season. It seems. I still like them though. I said I still like them. I mean, you like, can still like them. Um, yeah, it was like I said. I mean, I'm not. You could have a female Santa Claus, I suppose. She could be called Santa. That's an actual female name. Is it? There are people called Santa now. Yeah, there's a uh, novelist called Santa Montefiore. Well, I don't know. That's Spanish, though, presumably. Or Maybe, called. but it's still a female name. But you so couldn't you just call them Santa. I don't think you can call someone. Call Santa. them Father Christmas. I don't, so, I don't think Christmas. you can call someone Santa in English. Otherwise, it just has. Well, a... we still say Santa Claus. If you said, hi, Santa Claus is coming, and then a woman turns up, I'd be like, well, you sexist people decided you thought it was going to be how a many, man. How many people do you know who's, who who are from England, or at least English? She's there? English. This writer is English. So she's not Spanish? Well, I don't know who, why, who she was named after, but she, I'm pretty sure well, she's Santa English. would be Saint, wouldn't it? Because it's Saint Nick. Yeah. yeah so, okay. Um, I'm looking this up. I'm looking this up. Because I could have it wrong. Imagine if it's a man, and then this isn't going to stay in the podcast. Santa Montefiore is a lady who is Tara Palmer Tompkinson's sister. Wow, who knew? Yeah, there you go. But, Although her, but her surname is Montefiore, but that's her married name, because she must be called Palmer Tompkinson. Well, oh, she, is she married? Yeah, that's her married name, Montefiore. Cause she's so Palmer she was originally called Santa? Yeah. Wow, I mean... Like, her name is Santa. Wow. So there you go. There's my canon for Santa Claus. Was there a sequel? The, what, Santa, Santa Claus, Claus the Yeah. No, no, sorry. No, the Santa Claus. Uh, yeah, I think there's been about two sequels. Okay. So whatever the next <clears> one <throat> is, Sharknado 4, Santa Claus 4. Mm-hmm. Female Santa. Yeah. Well, we knew, how would you market it? Um, um. Santa by name. Santa by gender. <laughs> what? Where are you going with that? I don't, I don't know. Santa's a girl. 
girl. You can't say Father Christmas, but you can say something. You just want a, I just want a girl. Also, Does, she, uh, could, she has to be gay as well, or, or have a what? best friend. What? Because I'm trying to make it past the Bechdel test. If she's married to a guy... And she's she just can talking just, to him. Could, okay, so that's we all other girls in the movie. She could go along well. in the same mode as the Santa Claus yeah. did. She kills Tim Allen. No, no, no. In, inadvertently. Yeah, but then whatever. isn't everyone else in the movie apart from the ex-wife a man? Oh yeah, but, yeah, but you can but you do can't. whatever you want. I mean, like you yes. do a new Santa Claus movie. You just put all the characters. This we don't. They don't have to be. But I mean, like what I'm saying is, you could easily. Hell, she could be involved in a lesbian relationship. <laughs> uh, accidentally kills Tim Allen. Becomes. Miss Santa Claus. She doesn't have to be gay. Um, that was just making it convenient for Yeah, me. and happens to hang out with a whole bunch of other girls. My um, biggest problem, if there's something I've learned since doing this podcast, is that I could solve the Bechdel test issues like overnight if as a consultant I think I've mentioned this in the podcast to you before they just hired me as a, as, as a consultant and I go in and I'd be like give me the cast list and then they say car parking attendant and I'd be like make that a woman and then they'd say <laughs> man who passes a dish to character X and I'd say make that a woman look, and, look, I, and all that. you have to yeah. do is just put all the, and then you have two it's make the henchman a henchwoman you know they're making a new men in black and it's um, women black. yeah. Well, it's a man and a woman because it's Chris Hemsworth uh, and Tessa Thompson. Okay, okay. It's not quite Bechdel passing yet. It probably will be, but look, only men can <laughs> hand plates to people. Okay. Only men can be car park attendants. <laughs> this is a well-known societal yeah. fact. But you have agreed with me that there are men and women who can be called Santa Claus, and that's my victory. <laughs> um, well, what, we, what we've got is one per one one. One woman called Santa, who I'd never heard of, but um, apparently is famous. Yeah, um, that's enough. That's a, that's sufficient for me. I, I was more commenting on the absurdity of having a name Santa and how my, you know, if I had a kid and I called them Santa, I'm pretty sure they would have the shit beaten out of them on a daily basis, certainly around Christmas. My God. Probably by boys because they're bad. Yeah. How would you fix Christmas movies to make them more Bechdel passing and female friendly? Oh, God, dear. Yeah, that, that, that's an easy one to answer. Dear Nick, representative of the patriarchy, time <laughs> to start putting your socks up, <laughs> earning your keep. Well, you just said you could change it. If you wanted to do the Santa Claus, I don't know what number we're on with Santa Claus. Let's say we're on, let's say, we just did, let's say we've done three and we're on four. I don't know, I can't remember if that's true or not. Yeah. But yeah, well, so why can't you, why can't it be Mrs. Claus? Why can't it be somebody, some woman kills she doesn't want to be Tim a missus you've got to get rid of the patriarchal concept of marriage she'd be Ms. So Claus. Ms. Claus. Ms. although Ms. I don't really like that either but Lady yeah. Claus we're, really, we're going really 21st yeah. century Duchess here. Claus Lady Duchess Claus. Santa Claus no let's just say Santa let's actually, say Santa actually the so elves a... the elves are a little bit sort of gender neutral I mean they're, they're kind of they do they are in theory some boys some girls I think it's roughly 50-50 I can't right. remember but you know they're not in it that much so I don't really know okay uh, and uh, yeah, you can do what you want because because uh, uh, effectively the Santa Claus was really all about Tim Allen's relationship with his son. So you could have it as Ms. Claus's relationship with her Santa Claus, somebody else, female in relation with to with her daughter. Bingo. Well, I certainly think when you get to sequel number four, why not try something different? Uh, I know, but yeah. The fact that they're having to get to four before we've come <laughs> up with this idea for them. So over Christmas, we'll be writing that screenplay. So for Christmas 2019... Oh, it's easy. It's, it's already written. Santa Claus 4. Well, it writes itself. Pretty much. <laughs> I thought I'd also use this as an opportunity to discuss the year in film from our perspective. Uh-huh. 
I wanted to start with um, a list of the yearly uh, box office worldwide grossing films. Mm-hmm. Do you remember last year we kind of had a similar episode? We might have had it in January. Yeah, I think I do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Number one, highest grossing movie, and probably will stay this way, given we only have, what, two more weeks of December or so, is Adven- uh, Avengers Infinity War. Number two, Black Panther. Number three, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Number four, Incredibles 2. Number five, Venom. Number six, Mission Impossible Fallout. Number seven, Deadpool 2. Number eight, Bohemian Rhapsody. Number nine, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Number ten, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, And this is so far, because actually I was looking at this a couple of days ago and it's changed already because Ready Player One was up there and now it seems that The Crimes of Grindelwald has taken that over because obviously it's had a few more weeks in the cinema because it only came out recently. So of those, I can tell you off the top of my head, Jurassic World passes, uh, Mission Impossible definitely fails, (laughs) Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp passes... I don't remember if Infinity War passes. It certainly doesn't have a massive amount of female characters, but then it has the Wakanda ladies, and there's actually no, it does. It does pass, I think, in the fight scenes with uh, um, Black Widow. Yeah, I think. Yeah, mm, I'll have to have a look into that. Okay. Black Panther must do. Black Panther will pass. Yeah. Incredibles two, I don't know, but it's it's got two uh, female characters and two male characters. Yeah. So I have the Bechtel test list, which is a great website up. And I can tell you that uh, Avengers Infinity War does pass. Black Panther passes. Deadpool 2 doesn't pass. Jurassic World does pass. And what's next on the list? Mission Impossible and what? I don't even think I need to look, but I will just check. Yes, Mission Impossible fails. <laughs> I think Ant-Man and the Wasp passes. Bohemian Rhapsody, I'd be surprised if that passes. Nope, it doesn't. Uh, and Fantastic Beast does barely, I think. Oh, no, it says, it says it fails here. Well, I have many, many issues with that, but remember, we can't talk about Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> right, so, on that basis... Because I'd say that's half and half. Oh, does Incredibles 2... Incredibles 2 must. Yes, it does. Okay. Good. So, Go Disney, then. That's what I'll say. Yeah, Buena Vista is, has uh, four of the top ten. An Orphan Park. And... Yes. Oh. Disney. Well, that's because the Marvel, they're making the MCU pass, so I'm not going to give them a massive pat uh, on the back. Well, because, two of them are MCU. No, so is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, yes, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Incredibles 2 is cartoon about a family, so... Yeah. yeah. Still, you know, yeah. it didn't have, you know... Yeah. So hang on, so there's me complaining. Top four, top four pass. There I don't go. think we had that last year. Well, Disney got the oh, message. Venom can't, does Venom pass? I didn't even look. Uh, well, it's not MCU anyway. No. Um, Venom doesn't. What a shark. Okay, so... Yeah, so, so looking on this basis, this, this then... Uh, I might have to change this part of the podcast because I've just been so down and now I have to be all yeah. happy, happy, joy, joy. 
So that means we have two years in a row now where the top three films worldwide have Bechdel passing scenes. So I'm going to use that as very scientific as correlation or evidence. As evidence that box office performance correlates precisely. The more women you have in your movies yeah. talking to each other, the better you're going to do because that's obviously a key part of Avengers Infinity War. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> With lot, the, one, lot of the cr- one scene where three characters are fighting each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of them's actually an alien, so I don't even know if that counts. But yeah, whatever. Um, okay, so we haven't seen all of these, have we? Seen a lot of them, though. Yeah, I'd say it's seen about half. Half, maybe more. I haven't seen Incredibles, Venom, Deadpool, Bohemian Rhapsody, which we will go and see, and that's it. Yeah. What about you, is it the same? Uh, oh, and Venom, did I say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I've seen Yeah, it's about so it's the all the same. Yeah. And I would say of that list, Infinity um, uh, War is, is, is probably my favourite, but yeah. I, because I think it did do so no, well. No, I would agree. I, I think it's yeah. best of those films. Yeah, I'm, and, and I did enjoy Having not well, seen so. actually some of them, yeah. Go on, yeah. sorry, carry on. Well, I think also that I'd be very surprised if any of those ones I haven't seen suddenly exceed the ones that I've chosen. Do you see what I mean? Because I think we would have made a special effort to go and see them, is my opinion. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is probably the slight odd one out there in that it's, yes. it's, it's... Well, the rest of them are somewhat either supernatural or they are mm. uh, superhero or they're big budget. They're all big budget. as a pu- Yes. Now, Bohemian Rhapsody we may well have a big budget. I don't really know, but it's different. It's, no, it's, it won't it's, be it's as a, much. It's, it's a biopic, yeah. so... yeah. That's pretty impressive. And also critically panned. Really? Yes. Mm. Not Rami Malek, who who plays Freddie, but um, yeah, there's a lot of issues with it, and there are a lot of issues from a Bechdel female perspective as well, or just like and and a and a kind of uh, whitewashing of uh, Freddie Mercury being gay and when he got AIDS, they play about with with things. But you know yeah. what? Brilliant music. And, um, you know, a worthy person to make a biopic of. Yeah. So I think that those things together... And, and it's true. And, and, and you know, to, some, to the extent that it is, it's based on facts. So I suppose um, you can't really make it any more Bechdel passing. Or, you can't change the story to make it, it fit in on, with what I want. Depends on to what extent there was creative licence taken in certain yeah. elements of this. Because, like, with most biopics, they are yeah. not 100% no. historically accurate at all. No. And most biopics and if are you, about And, and if men. you left things out, which might have passed mm. the test, you know, because, you know, a bit of a choice there, you'd have to say. Yeah. Well, let's have a look. Deadpool 2, Bohemian Rhapsody, both fail, both by Fox. There's another correlation I'm making right there. Fox. Yeah. yeah. Moving swiftly on. Yeah. Um, Venom, I don't really know. I don't know why. I I, I don't know why I didn't want to go and see it. It's, it scared me. Uh, but not in a horror way, just in a uh, uncomfortable about Tom Hardy. I suppose, really, my problem with Venom... Well, no, 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 I, I never have a problem with Venom, that's a lie. Mm. Um, I, I'm not... I'm a bit iffy about creating non-MCU films that still form part of the Marvel canon. I think that's... It's just, I think you can get away with it with uh, X-Men just because it's been sitting elsewhere for so many years. But Venom is, you know, sort of the other half of Spider-Man to a certain extent. Yes. Uh, and, that's where he comes from. Yeah, Spider-Man. the comics. Well, yeah, yeah and, and it's some weird alien creature as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, now, but doesn't he look... In the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, he's in it, isn't he? Yeah. And he looks like... yeah. No, no, is he Jamie Foxx? No. No, okay. Is he the one that looks like Peter Parker? 
Uh, is he like bad Spider-Man? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, caused by a weird uh, sort of alien life form that comes is from... Is that Spider-Man 3? think so, yeah. It's that, who who plays him? I don't remember who plays Venom. Is it anyone? Um, it probably is someone famous, but it's I not... don't really recall. Yeah, I'm going um, to have a look. But the basics of it, I, I don't think you could have... The thing is, I don't think you can have Venom and not Spider-Man, to, to me. I, well, I, we I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying Spider-Man's already, already been incorporated into the MCU, and to have a Venom sitting out there, to me, is a bit of an oddity. So we were discussing this off mic, and mm. Venom is made by Sony, so it suggests that they own the intellectual property. Is that the idea? Yeah, or at least the, the film rights to the intellectual Disney. property. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. That. Okay, he is played by... Possibly James Franco? No, it wasn't James oh. Franco. Oh, no, um, he's his mate, isn't he? He's rich mate. Yeah, I, I don't Toe remember. Topher Grace? Might I be Topher Grace. He, he could be spindly. Let's have a look. Yeah. Um, Eddie, Brooke, Eddie Brooke Venom. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a weird one because, I mean, I think when, when you sort of, the assumption is that all Disney characters, or, or sorry, all Marvel characters are now owned by Disney because they own Marvel. Yes. But that's not really true because the, the, the IP has been licensed out to various other studios yeah. by Marvel for years and years and years, like, like X-Men being the obvious example. But now they have them back. Some they have back. No, they don't have all of the X-Men. Mm, like X-Men, X-Men I, I think X-Men is still sitting elsewhere. I can't remember with who, but it's they still don't have it back. Okay. But the reason why you had all these Darth Spider-Man films coming out um, was because it was it was various studios' attempts to retain the Spider-Man IP, which is worth its weight in gold, before it got pulled back into Marvel. Yes. Um, yeah, Tom Holland, he, Holland mm. yeah, Tom Holland is my Spider-Man. My Spider-Boy. So anyway, that that's yeah. that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to see. But no, I, I say I don't want to see. It. I'll see it, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, just not necessarily at the I'm cinema. Not, no, yeah. yeah. Um, not necessarily. Fantastic Beast. Look at the money that made. Oh my yeah, goodness! Yeah, but they will. Me. It's a, the Harry Potter thing. But I bet you they are that, beating a dead horse with that Harry Potter. If you ask yeah, me of now. Well no, well, well, no, they're not because it's not dead because it's coughing out cash. <sighs> I know. What's wrong with people? Yeah. Let me tell you that they're the flogging Harry it, Potter that's films. For sure. are, Okay, uh, good in times, brilliant in other places. Yeah, Fantastic Beast is at best mediocre in my view. But I like are. the first one. Mm. I don't like this. We've got two more episodes on that, so we don't mm. talk about that anymore. Um, Black Panther we should talk about because obviously it is likely to be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Is it? Kind of yeah. There's a there's a really? big furore going around because do you remember they were having the awards? They were going to add in the award for most popular film which basically started being called the Black Panther Awards. So the Oscars, the Academy, wanted to add a new award in at the beginning of this called year. Called Most Popular Film. Yes, or something and along who, those who lines. And who determines it? The, the members. The, the Academy. But, yeah, but, but it's another category which is kind of trying to... It's trying to segregate between best being critically acclaimed and, you know, uses the right special effects as and opposed best script to, writing. As opposed to the mass... popular Yeah, by and, and the masses cannot be trusted to, to, make, yeah. uh, to make intelligent yeah. choices. So um, then, but because Black Panther has, you know... Done, I just want to say, yeah. Avengers Infinity War would, would win it over me, for me over Black Panther. It won't, anyway. it won't get nominated. Yeah, I'm just saying so, it, would, it would in my book. Yeah, but, but that's because... But you're not looking at it from the perspective of Avengers Infinity War is doing nothing for any like wider social issue except that the black panther characters are in there fighting mm. alongside the white characters but black panther is literally creating a film populated by you know 98 percent uh people of color 
So do you, do you see what I mean? And like, and where the characters weren't black, you know, you had some people who were um, East Asian and you know mm. other things, and then you have um, Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis. But that's, but hang on a minute, the, the award was most popular <laughs> film. No, 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 but it's gone now. And so now the reason why it's gone is because people didn't like that idea of, of what you were right. just saying about it being some kind of like, you know, looking down on the masses. And two, people were saying, well, hang on, Black Panther is a good film with an excellent plot with great characters, uh, good performances directed by Ryan Coogler. Why the hell can't it be nominated for Best Picture? Now, I don't think you or I think that. I think it's an okay film. I much prefer Infinity War. Yeah. But I think in terms of the cultural zeitgeist, hmm. it's a, it's worth putting in there because of what it would do for the film industry um, from a race perspective. Maybe. I mean, I actually think there's another battle to be fought here about why not give Best Film nominations, at least, to superhero films. They're never nominated. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe that, but maybe it's because of the racial issue that mm. you're also, yeah, you're fighting, uh, you're hitting two birds with one stone. It's crazy, really, when you think about, like, if I, I mean, when I'm going off subject here, but going yeah. back, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, you know, Dark Knight trilogy. It won awards for it won awards, technical. But the Dark Knight. And the Joker. But the, the general perception is that the, the middle one, the Dark Knight, is, is the best of the three. That's because he didn't want to make Dark Knight, right? Um, did not get nominated. The best film, yeah. did it not? Yeah, and I and I would, you know. But Heath Ledger won his posthumous. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, but if you look at other Christopher Nolan films, you know, Inception nominated. Um, was Dun- Interstellar? Dunkirk, Dunkirk nomina- was. nominated. Don't yeah. think Interstellar was, but you know, if you're going to nominate Inception, then why aren't you not? Why aren't you nominating Dark Knight? Anyway, by the way. Um, and just a, a few other quick points here we, we can't really talk about Deadpool 2 which is a shame because I feel like there'd be a lot to talk about on this podcast about the film um, Mission Impossible Fallout uh, the rip-roaring adventure that was very very long and utterly ridiculous with some good set pieces but from the perspective of the Bechdel test it's like <laughs> you've got you know his current potential girlfriend Rebecca Ferguson and then Michelle Monaghan as Ethan Hunt's like you know uh, old wife from three and four or whatever, and um, uh, like they they do you know what they don't even talk all the way through it. I'm like, go on, say one word to each other, and the only thing that happens at the end, which is a spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, is that they're all together in uh, Kashmir and they're all listening to each other on the same earpieces and still she not says, no and Michelle <laughs> well they shouldn't it's not in the plot to be fair but they could have made it in the plot but Michelle Monahan is saying something like funny and spiky and it's quite good to to Tom Cruise and then Rebecca Ferguson goes oh I like her so who the hell is she talking to? She might be talking to her. They're all on the earpiece together. <laughs> but I'm like, that's the best you could do. That's Christopher like McQuarrie is, is hey, someone look, talking about a woman. Look, it's old girlfriend, <laughs> old girlfriend and potential new girlfriend. No, but she's married someone um, else's it's always It's always awkward, you know? You just, you know... It, I just... I think some of the earlier Mission Impossible films, it wouldn't surprise me if they pass more than... This one. Um, I wouldn't put any money on any Mission Impossible film passing. <laughs> it's just not. It's not the genre, is it? Really. But, but it could. It could easily be. It could easily be. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't Let's put. Get any rid money. of Simon Pegg, like, and have a woman instead. Like, he's quite funny in it. There's, he does some good face acting, <laughs> but. I, I'm like they Simon Pegg. You know, I keep, I keep sacrilege. Well, you could have a funny girl character. You have Shuri in Black Panther who can like fight and be a smarty. 
Why can't you have a, like a, why can't you have a similar person? Like Simon Pegg is a wet weekend in that film, and that's the point of the character. Um, and you have female characters. It's not like they don't like put female characters in the films. They've had like Emmanuel Beard, didn't they? Right at the beginning, and they had Tandy Newton. There's always a woman, or sometimes two women. Yeah, there is. But God forbid they talk to each other. Or be part of uh, IMF, the International Monetary, Monetary, Monetary Fund. Fund. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which I said to you last night, I'll make my same bad joke, which is headed but headed up by a woman um, <laughs> in real life. Um, uh, but Rebecca Ferguson is in this film an awful lot. Like, she's a main character, Ilse Faust, or whatever her name is. Mm. And yet, she almost every scene she has is with 20 men. Oh, it's also got, um, what's her face in it? Princess Margaret. The blonde woman, the b- white widow. Yeah, I don't remember. Again, I, don't, I don't know who it is. She doesn't speak to. Um, um, I'll remember her name in a minute. Um, she doesn't speak to Rebecca. Fogg. They're in the no. same. Well, you know, God, God forbid, like Mission Impossible. You just hope that two women appear on screen at the same time, <laughs> which happened about twice. So you're looking. I just like, think you're looking the wrong area if you're looking for a pass in that film. Well, Goodness yeah, but me. they can make that. It's not hard to make it pass. And Ethan Hunt is always wanting to save the world, but apparently only with hey, the help look, of you know, men. Look. You know what the answer is? We take the Santa Claus option. The next Mission Impossible should be, I don't know, F- Mission F- Impossible F- gender. Yeah, well, Ethel Hunt or something. No, no, no. I'm um, fine for it to be Tom Cruise. I just want everyone else he works with to be a woman. Mission Impossible <laughs> female crew. Yeah. Mission awesome. Impossible. But it is Mission Impossible. Yeah. That's, the, that's the joke. Yeah. It Mission is. Impossible Tom Cruise gets two women to speak to each other. Yeah. Ugh. Um. I've talked a lot. Anything else you want to say on this top ten? <laughs> on this list? Or anything else that you liked this year? Well, see, my, the films, I mean, I have actually seen quite a, well, seven of them? I think it was seven. Um, six. Six. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, obviously, I'm, I am behind. Uh, you, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always perennially a year behind in terms of what's <laughs> in the box office, in terms of what yes. I've seen. So the films I've seen this year tend to be the films that came out last year at least the ones I've seen at home now that, yes. that said that said of that list I have yeah. seen quite a lot of them but, uh, yeah. ones I actually because you made a concerted effort to yeah. go to the cinema more yeah but we do live in an age of Netflix Amazon yeah. you can get yeah. if you're willing to pay and, you can and get if, these and things and if that I'm not massively in love with a particular film or I'm unsure about it it's easier just to stay home and wait to, yes. wait to come out on Netflix so hence, hence the films I've watched have tended to be films which I enjoyed uh, films like Dunkirk I thought was really good yeah so I was actually going to mention that I was going to say the one of the biggest shocks I had this year is how much more enjoyable I found Dunkirk than I expected it to be mm. even though it was Christopher Nolan and even though <laughs> It's like, it, it, it like must have a cast of thousands and thousands with like one woman, two women. Look, you, can't re- <laughs> you can't rewrite the Second World War. <laughs> just like, get some extras in there, cut their hair, yeah. put a helmet on them. Why can't all this British expeditionary force all be women? That's what you ask yourself. Christopher Nolan, I love him very dearly and he's one of my favourite filmmakers, but he either doesn't put women in his films or he kills them. Mm. For the sake of someone else, or has a lost mother, or a, he's very well known for ghosting women. Um, so yeah, well, okay. So sorry, Dunkirk. You really enjoyed? I did enjoy Dunkirk. Um, I, I, are we talking any old film here? Because I've seen a few no, anything, oldies. Anything that springs to mind? That's a new watch new that watch. you saw in two thousand and eighteen. Uh, I tell you, a film I watched about three months ago, four months ago, was The Natural. Uh, it's a baseball movie directed by um, Barry Levinson. He of uh, 
Rain Man fame. Um, starring Robert Redford as a baseball player, a natural, so to speak, who goes sort of AWOL um, throughout much of his career due to a, an incident that happens to him when he's sort of very young and then comes back in, and later on in his career and is able, and still still kind of has it, in inverted commas. Um, it's, it's in a sort of mould. There's, there's a sort of supernaturally element to it. It's, it's in a slight mould of kind of field of dreams, I, I, I feel, maybe a little bit. And why did you like it so much? Um, I... I, I, I it's not. It's not really clear to me that it's not really clear that it's. Um, how can I put it? That, that there is technically nothing supernatural about the film at all, other than the fact that you've got this guy. Something happens to him. Disappears. Comes back. Um, but it's insinuated. It's insinuated that there is some kind that he has some kind of special ability that he's been touched by God or whatever right. it happens to be, but without being overt about it. And I just like that. I like. Okay. I like the idea of it. I mean, it's well done. It's, it's well it's well. So you acted. recommend it? Yeah, good film. Well, would good you film. like me to rain your parade now, as D- is my pass, want? Didn't pass. Pass one of the three tests, because there are three named female characters, but get this, they, they never even meet. So yeah. they're not even and on the screen. And then one of them's yeah. definitely a baddie, because she kills it. She shoots it. Uh, You're ruining divorce. the film for uh, the listeners. Oh, uh, well. Yeah, that will <laughs> happen. Hey, guys, that will happen in the first 15 minutes, so don't worry about it. The rest <laughs> Sorry of the for anyone listening to this. And Glenn Close is in it, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Matt Manly Glenn Close. Nick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is she manly in the film? Oh, she's always manly. You're saying you're sorry, but I don't think you are sorry. No, she's always manly. You're just saying you sorry. don't fancy her, but let me ask you a question. Do you think she's a good actress? Uh, I think she's okay. I don't she's been nominated for an Oscar, I think, six times. No uh, I think she's okay. She's been in some good films. Uh, she's acted well in those films. Right. Oh, well, she wouldn't be in my top ten actresses of all time, by any stretch of the imagination. Because she's not attractive no, enough? No. Because she I, looks no. like a man? No, I could, no I could easily pick ten actresses that I think have done... Had uh, done better jobs. So she just doesn't do it for you in a in a filmic way. Or, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just don't really like Glenn Close okay. that much. I think her performance in Fatal Attraction was woefully overrated, but that's just me. Okay. Mm. Now here's the difficult one. Mm. What about any female-led films or female performances this I, year? Oh, I don't know. I, I haven't really watched that many. I can't say. You can't remember any. Uh, well, I did watch Black Panther. Right. And you like the ladies in that? I just don't like Black Panther that much as a film. Okay. But it's not because there are women talking to each other in it. I don't really care if there's women talk, talking to each other. And the female warriors. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I'd, um, it's not like a film, Black Panther, not in my view. I, I'd agree with you. Infinity War is actually a much better film. Right. What did you think of Ocean's 8? As we saw that together. Oh, my goodness. That uh, passes a bit of yeah. What a shock. Well, I'm, I'm going to say it, I'm just going to come right out and say it, not as good as Ocean's 11, 12 or 13. Right, but was it a bad film, in your opinion? Uh, media, me, me, sorry, media, mediocre. It's um, <laughs> it me, one of those media films, yeah. yeah. Uh, mediocre at best. I, I just don't, didn't enjoy it. I think that... But that's nothing to do with it being having women in it, it just, it was a bit too... It didn't have the level of complexity and interest to me that the other Oceans films did. Okay, so if Oceans Eleven had been didn't exist and came out this year with that exact plot, it wouldn't have bothered you for a second no, that not it was at all. eight women, not eleven men. No, or 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 I'll give you another one. Why don't you just make if you'd have made Oceans Eleven with eleven with eleven women? That that's what I'm saying. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Uh, 
Yeah, I've been fine. No problem. It's, it's nothing to do with that. It's nothing to do with it. I just think the plot's a bit sticky mm. at times. Don't know. I don't know. Just not as good. Not as good as it really ought to have been. Um, characters aren't as well developed. Mm. Apart from Sandra Bullock and uh, uh, Kate Blanchett, who you know they're, they're kind of the George Clooney and Brad Pitt I of the situation, aren't I, they? I disagree with you because I'm not so sure there's a whole lot of character development in Ocean's Eleven for anyone other than Brad Pitt and George Clooney. Um, like Elliot Gould, but like Matt Damon. There's the two brothers. You're telling me the Chinese guy whose name we don't know. Who does the somersaults? Um, who might not be Chinese, so... Well, yeah, there's a point to that, I suppose, as well. Yeah. Um, so when you're saying they're underdeveloped, no, I, it didn't matter to Stephen okay, Soderbergh. Okay, you can't really develop 11 characters, or 12, or 8, mm. or 13, or whatever it happens to be. Mm. Yeah, You do have to stick on your main ones to a certain extent. Mm. Um, but uh, I don't know, the, the lot of, a, lot of it, a lot of them were just comic relief to me. I, I, I never felt that way about Ocean's Eleven. I think there was a bit more depth to it. But I think that that's because Ocean's Eleven was made by Steven Soderbergh and Ocean's Eight wasn't. Well, yeah. He is the master. Well, yeah. And it is a shame that he wasn't on board mm. with that. Um, the Meg. We like the Meg. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Meg, and that Meg cast. is a rip-roaring load of fun, yeah. if you ask me. I would say that... Um, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Sharknado of the... Of the... It's better than Sharknado. <laughs> Don't insult the states like that. Um, that passed the Bechdel test, just saying. Um, uh, not a massive amount. Space is a ledge, isn't it? It really is. Um, in terms of my favourite film, well, the best film I saw this year that really made me think was called Sorry to Bother You, which is by Boots Riley, which I, you haven't seen, and I highly recommend, and is very much a, a diatribe on corporate America, but it goes completely crazy. So, um, I loved that, but... That, I don't even know. Do you know what? I've never even looked. I liked it so much. It hmm. didn't even occur to me whether to look with... There's definitely um, female characters in it. Cess Thompson's quite... But I'd be, I'd be surprised if it did, actually. So that says it all. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of three tests. Here you go. So there's me raving about my film, making a <laughs> podcast about that. Um, yeah, handful of female characters that they never spoke to one another. You see, yeah. and I didn't even notice, which I'm just annoyed <laughs> about myself with. Um, such a good film, and I suppose that's when you get into an issue about race versus gender, because that made a lot of really important points about race, and it had um, uh, what's his name, Stanfield, Stansfield as the lead character, and then it also had Stephen Yeun, who is uh, I think he's a Korean actor. As a main character, as some of the main characters mm. as well, and it had you know white characters in it, but it had a lot of black characters. Um, so there's a guy who's making a film about racial differentiation in America, and yet um, it's from a male perspective. Yeah, yeah. And then also another one I haven't seen that I really want to see is Black Klansman. And again, I'm just going to check now if it passes the Bechdel test. And it probably doesn't either, because that's a histo- based on a historical... Oh, no, it does pass. Although dubious, it says on the Bechdel test. <laughs> Two of the main female characters do talk about the liberation of black people and have small talk, but most of the time it's based around a male character. Yeah. Again, yeah. So there are some really interesting films oh, I want okay. to see. I have seen and want to see about race, yeah, but for yeah. some reason they can't seem to be able to deal with gender at the same time. But Black Clansman one, one and One issue at a time, is yeah. that what it is? No, it, well, yeah, maybe, but... And then the other film, one of the best films I've seen this year, um, which is very, very female-based, although it had a male director, is The Favourite, 
which you might have heard about, which is about um, uh, Queen Anne, played by uh, Olivia Coleman, and she, all her children have died, her husband's died, and it's 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 not the truth in the way because it's very much it's surreal comedy from the guy who made the Lobster. Yeah. Um, your Gus Lamp the Moss, uh, the Moss. I don't know how to say his name. Um, and um, she has uh, Sarah. Rachel Vice uh, plays uh, the wife of one of the um, governmental ministers who's her like who's the queen's confidant and best mm. friend and also lesbian lover and then Emma Stone is like a fallen cousin who got sold in a poker game and then she starts as a chambermaid and she makes her way up the royal household oh, okay. and it's very much a film about women and about lesbianism or, or you know the, the the loneliness and isolation of being in the monarchy and seeking comfort and there's a lot of question marks as to whether like, like what the nature of the love is between mm. the characters because some of the times it might be just shagging the queen to get up the social ladder or to, to but it's but it's wow. women doing it and the main characters the three main characters are women and the subordinate characters yeah. are men and it, the subordinate characters are, uh, or supplementary characters are, are, are really great as well Nicholas Holt's in it he's fantastic but it's very easy if you try to make a film with three main characters who who each have brilliant roles interacting with each other, and it's a constant film passing the Bechdel test, and yet it's not it's not about women like the, the Black Panther and yeah. Black Klansman and Sorry to Bother You are about being black. Yeah, yeah. That is that's part of obviously you know. Black Panther is within the MCU, so there's yeah. that as well. But it's very much making a statement about Wakanda is this, yeah. you know, hidden place because I uh, don't want the white man to get hold of it, um, understandably. But The Favourite is not about, uh, like, oh, look, this is women triumphing over men. It mm. happens to be that the most powerful person in the country, the monarch, is a woman, and the people who can get close to her mm-hmm. are women. Yeah. So um, I highly recommend that. Okay. I haven't seen enough films this year that I think have been directed by women. There's been a lot of discussion. <laughs> oh, many of them. Uh, well, who, who? How would you know? <laughs> yeah. So there's been quite a few films. There's a there's a film called You Were Never Really Here by Lynn Ramsey, um, which I'm a bit scared to see because I think there's a lot of violence in it, yeah. which makes me sad. Um, I can't remember if it was early this year or last year where there was Detroit from um, Catherine Bigelow. Not a fan of Pat Catherine Bigelow. Uh, Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, she just she's over- an Oscar winner. Yeah, and she's just overcompensating by trying to make herself more male by doing every film about war. So, well, Detroit's not about war. Yeah, but every other film is. She has a lot of she has a lot of male characters. Mm. That's for sure. Um, and yeah, there's this Mary Queen of Scots, which is coming out now, which is also period drama. Yeah. With Saoirse Ronan and Margot Robbie, and that's directed by Josie Rourke. Uh, and then there's another film by Karen Kasama called Destroyer. There are a few things out there, um, but not enough. That there's a lot of people saying, "Oh, why it wasn't a, why wasn't a woman nominated for various like Golden Globes and awards that have come up yet?" And um, I don't think any of the films directed by women have been as good as some yeah. of the films directed by men. And it's really hard because. You don't know if it's because it's your personal taste or whether the fact of the matter is not enough women get enough opportunities. So if you don't get enough opportunities, you can't learn from your craft and and get the big films. Like anyone directing 
Avengers Infinity War was going to do well. Mm. Even even if it even if it didn't do well, it would still well, it make loads of saying. money. Yeah, it goes without saying, doesn't it, really? And that's made by brothers. That's made by two people. Yeah. I, I, you know what I'd like for 2019? I'd like there to be <laughs> more co-directing films. Films are getting longer. Why can't you have a man and a woman or two women direct a film? A franchise movie. Fast and the Furious. MCU. Uh, you absolutely could. It's the, get oh, J.K. It's... Rowling to direct um, Crimes of Grindelwald 3. She can't oh, make it any worse God, than I don't two. Know. I don't know about that. So, or, or a female director well, yeah. somewhere well, else. That's fine. Just not her. Sorry. And is there anything you didn't catch that you want to see? So Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody is a big one yeah. that I, I missed. Big fan of Queen. Definitely want to see that. Um, I don't know really. Not a lot. I mean, I I I I'm always say I'm always perennially a year behind. So there's no kind of there's no problem. I, I mean, whatever's coming up, mm-hmm. whatever films, for example, that are nominated for Oscars this year. Uh, well, for 2019, for films that were released in 2018, I'll end up watching all of them in some capacity. Uh, and probably some of the Best Actor and Actress uh, nominations as well. So, it, you know, it's one of those things I'll, I'll eventually just catch up, you know, if we have this conversation again in a year's time, then... You can that. let me know your 2018 yeah, yeah. films. Yeah. I'm just going to find out now what films are coming out in 2019. Captain Marvel... Oh, I'll pass I'll watch Delta. that. I'll watch any MCU film, quite frankly. Yeah. Toy Story 4. I love Pixar, but I don't like sequels. I They've think had three of them I for just out think loud. that they're better when they do original yeah. content Pixar, but anyway. Yeah. Mm. Lion King Animation, Dumbo Animation, Aladdin, not into any of those. Mm. Live, whatever they call them. Godzilla, that looked amazing from the... Um, Trailer. I've seen two guys of the films. Yeah. Um, the one with Matthew Broderick and the other one from a few years ago, who and they were both utter garbage. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, well, you'll have to have uh, a look at the trailer. It's a poison this. chalice, Godzilla. That's yeah. what I've concluded. <laughs> um, Dark Phoenix. So that's X Men. Uh, you know, obviously, um, well, potentially continuing the Jean Grey or reimagining the Jean Grey story from the mm. new X Men mm. films. But then Dark Phoenix is a character in that universe, yeah. so. Um, a new Spider-Man there's an awful lot of MCU a new Hellboy a new John Wick John Wick 3 oh no no what because of John Wick 2 yeah but I love yeah. John Wick yeah. John Wick 2 just wasn't just as good just gotta let a sleeping horse fly a dog mm. sleeping dog not a horse you beat a dead horse don't you when you let the sleeping horse you flog horse. a dead horse alright um, so here we go. It's 2019 movies with women directors. Let's see what we got. Oh, there's a new Wonder Woman. A uh, new Wonder Woman, really? Yeah. I think so. It's a film called The Nightingale. Uh, it's, about double, it's about World War Two. I don't care. I don't like those films. Full, full stop. Horror. We haven't even really talked about horror because you and I have not seen enough horror this year and that's been a huge surge genre. Yeah. And with focus on women, like uh, Tony Collette's amazing performance in Hereditary. Mm. Catherine Bigelow started off doing horror, didn't she? Like mm. Near Dark. Near Dark, mm. yeah. She liked a bit of vampire. Mm. Um, well, Captain, so it says here, Captain Marvel, co-directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. There you go. It's like a new. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone heard me. 
It's live now. Charlie's Angels, directed by Elizabeth Banks. Oh, God, no, not more Charlie's Angels. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be very knowing um, and will be so much better than the old ones. Uh, does it need to be remade? No, but three female leads and a female director, I'm not going to say I'm just, no. I, okay, I, I, have, I have no real problem with... Um, uh, relaunches of old franchises or stuff, stuff like that. I have no real issue with any of this. But all I'll say to movie makers, to studio execs, to directors, to writers, is there is no reason why that can't be a good film to stop making crap ones. Yes. Um, the, fact, the fact of the matter is, if you bung Charlie's Angels out there, it'll probably make half a billion pounds or whatever, right? It'll probably just do that. That It'll do that whether it's a good or a crap film. It just... That's the way it works. Now, all I'm saying is, make it a good film. What? Why? Why not make it a good film? Or how about make it an average film by a woman mm. instead of an average film by a man? Well, well, I want it to be a good film by a woman. And Elizabeth Banks has some tenure. That's she's fine. Done, that's she's fine. Done some that's stuff. Fine. I, I hear what you're saying. You, it's a bit like Ghostbusters. It's a bit like Ocean's Eight. Mm. You're like, women shouldn't be like the only important part of that yeah. the calling card the hook Ghostbusters was fine yes yeah. um, but but yeah but we wouldn't say it was the same it was as good as Ghostbusters no but the, <laughs> the but original if, look if you'd have relaunched it with four male actors it would have still been yes. not, not as good as the original so yes. that's not the issue the issue is yeah. when you relaunch you, you, there is no reason why you cannot make it a good film you've just got to concentrate yeah. and, and, and yeah. put a bit more time and effort into it Absolutely. Women are not a gimmick. They deserve to have films written starring them and directed by women that are like have this time, care and attention that many male films have. Mm. Um, and let's hope that happens in yeah. 2019. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. A big thank you to Nick as ever. And now what you've all been waiting for, the answers to the quiz. And they are as follows. The first song was All I Want for Christmas Is You, sung by Olivia Olsen from Love Actually and actually written by Mariah Carey and Walter Afanasyev, if I've pronounced that correctly. The second tune was Spirit of the Season, composed by Alan Silvestri from the film The Polar Express. The third answer was Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC from that famous Christmas film, Die Hard. The next song, bit of a hard one, was Louis Armstrong's Cool Yule from the film Four Christmases. After that came John Williams' version of the classic Carol of the Bells from Home Alone. Then we had the main theme from Miracle on 34th Street, composed by Cyril Mockridge. After that, we had Hans Zimmer, composing A Christmas Surprise from The Holiday. And last but not least, we had Heart the Herald Angels Sing, sung by the cast of A Charlie Brown Christmas. So we'll probably give credit to Charles M. Schultz. For a bonus, do you remember what I played at the very beginning of the podcast? It was the song of the moment, or perhaps the song we will never hear again, Baby It's Cold Outside, although this time it was sang by Zoe Deschanel and Will Ferrell, who seems to have a pretty good voice, um, for the film Elf. And I'm going to play you some more of it 
because, well, isn't that the spirit of Christmas, taking on board Bechdel failing films and their terrible songs. Thank you so much for listening to all the episodes this year. We will bring you more content in the new year. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, have a great holiday and looking forward to 2019 because, baby, it's cold outside. So really I'd better scurry Well, maybe just a half a drink more The neighbors might think Say, what's in this drink? I wish I knew how To break the spell I ought to say no, no Mind if I move in At least I'm gonna say that I tried What's the sense of hurting my friend? I really can't stay Baby, it's cold